Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to Why Not Mint Money. I am Sasin from Mint's personal finance team and today we talk about Quant Mutual Fund. Quant is not the typical mutual fund house in India. Unlike others, they rely only on data to buy and sell stocks. This data includes weather patterns, cryptocurrencies, sentiment analysis, among many others. In this episode, I invite the founder of Quant Mutual Fund, Sandeep Tandon. Here, he explains his investment thesis and also investment lessons he picked up from his doc. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Sandeep, thanks for coming to the show. What have you been up to lately? What kind of movies are you watching? What kind of investment books? Anything that's keeping you alive nowadays? So to be very candid with you, instead of watching a a movie or a reading a new book actually we are ourselves writing our new book you know so we wrote that in 2019 our coffee table book called being relevant so now the new edition is coming called great transition so how the world would be between 2017 till 2047 the great transition this is something which we have talked about in our previous book and uh, with the help of predictive analytics we have tried to showcase how different world will be how chaotic world will be or the wealth destruction phase but there's opportunity also one way of looking at there's a chaotic and uh, wealth destruction phase other thing opportunity which i felt this in every crisis gives you opportunity so india is a very unique that way so in this crisis i think india is emerging as a winner so we talked about how asia centric money emerging market will perform very well how money will shift from developed market to emerging market particularly asia centric and by default India is beneficiary so we are writing about it how the transition will happen how India reemerges how the relevance of uh, so called standards which we have been grown for longer period of time have changed how the uh, the current banking system which you look in this form uh, that will go how the leverage economy which we thrive today or the financial economy that will change and move towards real real economy so we are talking about how spirituality comes into picture so various types of cycles how this transition will unfold and obviously trying to decode lot of myths which we have been grown so mathematically we are trying to decode lot of things you know okay how we we believe certain thing but those are narratives you know this what has been built around you know so we start believing those thing which may or may not be true mathematically we have tried to showcase it so at quant whatever we try to do it is our endeavor at least decode that mathematically or scientifically you can explain that so we are student of applied math applied economic applied science you know in that sense uh, a student of pragmatic student of money management okay where we want to learn how to navigate these challenges on daily basis through a pragmatic approach i have seen lot of people come with a very theoretical mindset this what we have educated uh, this what i have read in the books that's the reason one of the reason i am not great believer of reading too many books okay because uh, i have seen lot many people read too many books but there not much people actually adopt okay so i rather reading uh, obviously some of them are uh really one should read but our focus is more pragmatic to re- i read more articles what happening in the world you think because everything is changing everything is evolving okay 
so if you don't adapt or evolve yourself with changing times then we live in some what we read 20 years back or 30 years back or our college days or you know it's something similar we keep on practicing but the fact is the world has changed and if you don't change you become irrelevant so keeping yourself a uh, very relevant in today's environment it is very important to be updated what is happening globally and i think uh, whether it's economist magazine or the bloomberg articles or you know in the in the today's technology world internet so much data is available so many new articles are there i'll prefer to read those things which are much more realistic in nature it talks about today this is how world is what data points are changing this is the world will be future rather than getting into how the how the world was in the past okay Uh, we do that through our cycles theory so we work on the quant uh, cycle analytics also but that we analyze not only 100 years but 1000 years cycles also so uh, for our viewers uh, if you visit quant office it's not like the typical fun house it's very yeah. different so i can give you one example when you enter to the boardroom it's a big room and in the big room you will see a very big post uh, poster that is on its wall and uh they have uh, uh in the poster was released in 2012 the flowchart and it predicted stuff like uh, a biological warfare happening in 2022 and uh, quite uh, accurately at some level predicted how the economy would uh, uh be evolving uh, in india so from that period what has changed till now uh, you said you are working on a new book So uh, what's the second update like what has changed in India anything in your mind just let me know. So it's a it's a interesting you have rightly observed that so it's a very interesting piece in 2012 we talked about how uh, 2020 till 2030 will be the very challenging phase I'll come to the next book in 2 minutes the challenging phase how bubble will burst in 2020 uh, and how the cyber war or biological war or whether a uh, condition will deteriorate between 2020 and 2025 we talked about highest ever interest rates highest ever crude prices highest ever inflation highest ever wheat prices but not highest ever gold prices and we all saw this trailer 6 8 months back we have seen okay so obviously you feel very satisfied something was written 10 years back and right from 2015 we have showcased how world will change in year by year it has played out very well whether you talk about yuan battle or currency war we talked about it 2015 so what is one of aspect this is what we are trying to showcase that how mathematically you can quantify these things it this is our ability to connect the dots okay when i say connect the dots mathematically we say how we connect we run a complex multivariate model where we try to capture both dependent and independent variable and then try to connect the dot and see what is coming so anything which affects markets whether you talk about geopolitical volatility whether you talk about earth analytics okay you talk about liquidity analytics you talk about volatility analytics or you talk about cycle analytics or you talk about valuation analytics okay and many more okay so it's a combination when we try to combine these thing okay and some form some opinion like and so we have built lot of new concept like perception analytics okay how the liquidity analytics not the fi number which comes in the evening is far deeper concept you know it is even today people talk about money supply so liquidity analytics even deeper concept than the money supply how the fluidity of the market works okay so we are student of science you know and we try to optimize these or the knowledge which we have learned 
and try to bring those same concept to the financial market and see okay uh, we people talk about you know fluidity is a new term so we define that how these data points can be combined and you can foresee what is coming so this is the strength of predictive analytics so instead of doing a postmortem analysis and uh, it's not something unique we have built yes it is unique in some manner but what is important to understand it has been built after mistakes it has been built after blunders which i have done in my personal capacity when i used to manage my money on our own so it's come from learning so we have like you know in, in market we say guru dakshana deni padti hai you know so we have paid good amount of guru dakshana to the market and who has taught us market has taught us no guru has taught us is a market is the biggest guru for us okay so this is something which we have learned the key thing is that we have built processes around that so that whole idea is that you should not repeat those mistakes again as a human being we will make definitely make new mistake more mistakes but if we don't repeat those mistake that's the way the process get build it go on so that at least the probability of uh, uh, making more mistakes cannot ruled out but the similar mistakes can be reduced and that really help us in our risk mitigation thesis so ultimately is all about what what we are trying to look at on a risk mitigation angle when we talk about let's say when we talk about the concept like valuation analytics everybody talks about we take it to the next level and bring say in multi dimensional research we bring liquidity analytics we build risk appetite analytics which is a sentiments data so more and more analytics we add okay you start giving you a perspective like people talk about pe multiple okay okay which is uh, a very very theoretical exercise because it is based on the assumption what you have built in the future okay so we have seen the challenges of those reasonings so we have built something called perception analytics okay so because ultimately we all talk about you know as a student of economic we say you know what drive prices we say is uh, okay, in the student of economic we talk about what drive prices we say yeah, demand supply what drive demand supply perception drive demand supply the perception is very important and what goes into perception that itself is a very detailed exercise which we do okay yeah so it's a combination of that uh sandeep while we are uh, coming to your uh, next book all the things are very complicated right at least for a layman i mean i i know that you are uh, you know about all this stuff and all these things you do at quant mutual fund is very complicated but to a lay- layman uh, i mean to anybody walking on the street how would you explain your investment process from uh, uh, from your data till your port- portfolio how how does the transition work what is the role of a fund manager there and uh, just can you give us an illustrative example of how a uh, uh, how a stock that you have in your radar comes to your portfolio in very simple language so um, said we made it very simple in our book you see we give through cartoons you know we explain in a very humorous manner we write very simple language you know we try to connect the dots okay so its idea is just to explain in a very simple manner and once you make it interesting you know people will read okay so if you read our book though we do lot many mathematical work we, but we don't showcase any equation there okay we just write simple english okay so that people can read the moment the moment i write 
equation about it the problem starts and then the complexity comes into picture so let's take example of our investment framework called vlrt okay we stand for valuation analytics okay l stand for liquidity analytics r stand for risk appetite which is sentiments and t stand for timing okay now let's understand the problems of the industry when people talk about market we will say oh, we are fundamental analysts okay i have a bigger problem with this statement because we believe everything is fundamental in life okay it's not the fund manager only claim they are fundamentalist okay the issue is what they refer is a perceived fundamental analysis about valuation analytics the problem of valuation analytics is very simple it is dependent on one dependent variable called price okay why i'm explaining in a very simple terms this is the where problem in price change your view change let's say example september 2021 the new age companies technology companies picked out we could be the only mutual fund who have talked about on open media also this is the a decade top for a valuation multiple for this sector okay. and uh, why we said that it is based on the data so i'll and come and explain you now if you could have not sold your new age companies or, or technology company in september 2021 six months later they all corrected 30 to 70 percent and then you realize oh that was the top okay now it's a postmortem analysis why postmortem analysis because the prices has corrected hence you believe that because earnings has not changed in four months time in terms of because your futuristic earning has not changed in four months time or perceived earnings have not changed what has changed is the price which has changed and hence your conviction is shaken and hence your downgrading an analyst okay as a community follow prices okay so this business is all about chasing price okay or a lot of people talk about momentum okay as a mutual fund con mutual fund we don't believe enough uh, a momentum strategy models we work on a concept of inflection point extreme inflection we are buyer extreme inflection we are seller so let's take example of vlrt framework from a company's perspective i can explain you in the country specific also so in let's say in september 2021 this is in public domain itc has been our topmost holding for a while okay. so what happened let's if i have to uh, quantify the valuation everybody can understand that at 202 or 204 levels in september october 2021 the valuation was very attractive the dividend yield was around 6 to 8% if i am not wrong that's the dividend yield of uh, uh, itc at that point in time blue chip company generate huge free cash flows okay so there is no problem of free cash flows okay there was no major capex spending that people are worried about okay high roi roc company okay a great quality management okay the negative perception was only what esg related issues so that people because of esg people are not participating otherwise company was fantastic in 2023 uh, 2013 if i am not wrong 2013 or 2015 yeah, 2013 if i am not wrong itc was the largest market cap company for few days okay so you look at from the largest market company which collapsed significantly so valuation attractive yes now in terms of v there was certain score so let's say valuation was coming around closer to eight and a half or something out of 10 number if i have to put in noise maybe closer to eight now look at the liquidity analytics okay let's understand what goes into liquidity analytics obviously your impact cost data your holding structure okay multiple data points uh, which is, is there they were also showing a extreme 
a perspective you know that it is giving you signs of reversal the liquidity analytic was after hitting a low was inching up very constructive okay which was around six and a half let's say out of ten very interesting the risk appetite the sentiments was extremely bad people used to joke crack jokes and send you know um, cartoons on itc okay that's the way the phenomena was now look at the quant fear index in september october 2021 was a lifetime high in the history of uh, uh, itc we have never seen such high elevated fear index look at the perception analytics one of the perception has declined significantly and from a very extreme negative perception it was inching up the whole world was very negative so if i have to put a score of 30 okay we got something like 23 24% anything above 18 is a like screaming buy for us okay so it was a data point which came so one of the reason why we bought uh, itc in our portfolio exactly reverse was the proof of technology stock okay they, so itc was on the deep neglected or the most hated zone technology stocks were the most admired territory okay the most admired territory they were trading valuations were very stretched liquidity was lifetime high risk appetite lifetime high. all classic indication for a virtually a long term top long term valuation top not earning stop not price stop okay so you look at how beautifully both things are captured on the one extreme or versus other extreme okay this is what we try to explain so if you have bought itc at this extreme inflection or neglected zone you your downside is protected if you have sold simultaneously uh a technology stocks virtually at the peak of the cycle your upside which was getting capped you make money there so t is the time or time is a function this is not a trading or timing in any any manner okay t is that function of valuation analytics liquidity analytics and risk appetite when all three analytics are skewed on one side it gives me better timing let me give you one more example of timing in our live we talk about this if i am not on the pareto's principle of 80 20 you know that 20% stocks give you 80% returns or any organization 20% people deliver 80% productivity and or maybe in any house 20% people are uh, earning members and 80% are consumers that's the way the life is okay now i extend as a student of market timing when i say student as a risk management so uh, market timing don't look from a trading perspective don't look as a gan indicator a lot of people look at you know timing is a risk mitigation tool for us okay so we take this concept to the next level it said that 80 20% time stocks deliver 80% returns those are those inflection points one should not miss talking very easy quantifying it's very difficult and if we have historical data like quantifying these thing in us market is relatively easy for us we have 100 years of history okay quantifying in commodities is even better because we have few hundred years of history like we talked about wheat in our book we have talked about this a time wheat was making multi years low and we said wheat will make all time new all time high which happened in 2020 to itself okay why because we have a wheat data of 1000 years now okay so we have 1000 years of wheat data we can connect the dot of various cycles and try to see how wheat has reacted in the inflection or the inflation cycle or interest rate cycle So it's a combination which gives me a better example, a better answers. 
so yeah uh, just to simplify uh, for our uh, uh, viewers and if i'm understanding correctly quant's framework is uh, um, uh, is the, called the vlrt fr uh, framework so uh, there is like a uh, maximum score of 10 on each v l and r and t so v stands for valuation metrics l stands for the li uh, liquidity metrics r stands for risks and t stands for timing and when all these four ele elements come together uh, they tend to see a inflection point so inflection point meaning where the cycle is about to change and this is what exactly quant mutual fund is uh, aiming to capitalize on uh, so uh, sandeep for the next question uh, there are uh, some critics who say that your fund has been doing very well uh, during the lockdown and the ho the whole uh, uh, pandemic time you guys timed the market very well and it, it was giving very uh, significant returns it was topping all mutual fund categories but uh, a big uh, part of that outperformance comes from Adani stocks. So you had a huge exposure to Adani stock, but when it's expo uh, when the whole Hindenburg saga happened, your funds performance also slowed down a little bit. So uh, what would you like to say on this part? I tell you, I always say, you know, I always give you a very interesting example of narratives narratives are bought and sold so people who give you perspective they don't do their homework properly okay when adani saga happened we were only 6.6 percent of our holding was in adani group of company and we still made tons of money there okay so it's a narrative which has been sold okay i am a student of behavior finance it's very interesting for us as an analyst to differentiate between narrative versus data the perception which gets built Okay, it can be built with reality, it can be through narrative. So it's our ability, how we can filter these narratives and be more impactful in terms of identifying the trends. Okay, So that's the way we define. I have seen, you know, these examples, you know, uh, if you look at historically, people have talked about uh, Reliance industry, you know, people have similar issues in the past or other things. Uh, by the, you know, if you look at the way Mukesh Amani has reached in terms of Asian or Mr. Dhani, the critics are there every time, you know. Now, people who criticize, they, they just should look at you know, what, what they have achieved and what the competition has achieved. So, I'm very vocal about it, okay. Let's understand and don't undermine an entrepreneurship, okay. Understand those entrepreneurs, how he or she has built. So, in two, why I'm giving example. In 2015, we used to run our broking company and we wrote a research report on Reliance Industries. And we said in 2015, based on our inflection point, the most hated stock of the decade, Reliance Industry. You will make big money if you buy now. This was the most hated stock. Okay. And 2019, cup 2020, when the placement happened of the, uh, the Geo platform, it became the one of the most admired company. So, so if you look at it, it was 15% or 16% of the nifty weightage at that point of time. So you look at the narrative was something different. Today still Reliance generate huge cash flows. Okay. Okay. Year on year, their cash flow, free cash flow, I don't get into, but I'm looking at the, because they are growing companies. So I may not look at the pure free cash flow. Okay. What is very important is the operating cash flow, what they're generating is very, very meaningful. Okay. So it's all about how we want to like it. So I am not a believer of listening uh, any perspective you know i think everybody has freedom to identify stocks and there is up to their risk management 
perspective and data change we are very we don't have any love or hate uh, relationship with any stock or any sector or any group we play we generally don't meet even the management that's our general philosophy but if data change we'll rebalance our portfolio if something is changing we have no regrets in rebalancing our portfolio this is about the entire thesis of our risk management in risk on so we talked about so in in the covid time it was a risk on period the whole industry took other way they thought you know get out of the market you know we spotted that trend very early in april 2020 is a risk on environment and risk on environment we play on front foot and which we did and we generated in the risk on environment idea is to generate extraordinary alpha which will help you in risk of environment okay uh, november come september november 2022 a risk of environment till june very aggressive risk of and from june again minor risk on and again from january 2023 we are say we are in the risk of environment the liquidity cycles in our favor but india is in risk of environment very clearly and in risk of environment we play on backward okay uh, in risk of environment the idea is to protect the capital idea is to have liquid names in your portfolio so in risk of environment safety is first liquidity is secondary and returns are tertiary that's the way we define and this exactly reverse in the risk on environment returns comes primary liquidity becomes secondary and the uh, uh, if you ask me the safety become the last in that list okay so it's a combination how we look at we don't run a very uh, i'm a believer of very dynamic style of money management because we say we live in a dynamic world and hence your portfolio management or your money management skills uh, strength should also be dynamic it should not be very static in nature so we don't run a very static portfolio that uh, in risk on environment my portfolio construction is same or my risk of environment portfolio construction remain the same because they follow certain thesis okay we are unconstrained fund manager yeah so if i understand correctly now you are seeing uh a risk of environment and in a risk of environment you tend to play a little bit safe and when there is a risk on um, kind of an environment you tend to make your outsized return during that period yeah correct so uh, sandeep uh, uh, i'll come to the uh, second criticism that some uh, people have that is on the esg front uh, no doubt esg fund has delivered uh, quite uh, good returns although the return has come down slightly but it's still uh, amongst the better performing funds but on the esg rating parameter so morningstar has a esg rating uh, score and quant is the only esg fund to score a, a negative kind of below average whereas all other funds scored either a, a above average or a good rating and same goes with msci so Uh, in your portfolio you hold uh, uh, the highest number of legard stocks compared to other funds so although the performance is good but what about the uh, esg as a component how do you filter I esg so performance is not good performance is the best in that category so let's be very clear the performance is the best in that category yeah. now i'll come to the rating now look at what morning star or msci or sustainer analytics or any other firm can do when none of the company provide you esg scores okay so i can bet we have a far better analytics than the industry including some of the mnc names you talked about we have we spend a very sizable money on data analytics so we have, we have created our own esg scores also we 
take a lot of things from the listed car space like bloomberg also various companies we take data so there's no standard if company does not give you esg score okay so you can't get the scores right so even we have done the we we got offers to buy morning star products or or the msci product which talk about some more vendor we have subscribed some of them but one of them but not none of these mnc names because the scores were not matching two agency scores are not matching so which is something quite bizarre you know how come two large organization esg scores are poles apart okay so which is very clear i am not blaming them what we have to understand if the esg score is or the audit has not been done okay you will not get into it okay so i am very candid view on that basis and second most important thing we we are not believer of subscribing some of these things so it's a very commercial world okay so it's data it's also you subscribe you have a better uh, view on those names so i will not comment on that but we use our own data so i have a, a respect for analytics yes we do and we believe that we are doing our work properly and there's one reason we have given a massive outperformance and again my same answer we don't give a any much weightage on the narrative which gets built okay because there's no standard defined by the regulator itself no standard defined by any esg regulator this is the way esg scores are so everybody is doing on their own thing and i'll not blame them because they don't have a full data so let's be clear on that so uh, for our listeners who don't know quan uh, has spent around 180 crores uh, collecting data and if you go to their office you will find around uh, is it 15 to 20 people just working on r that is the coding software and i mean what i mean to say is data is the star fund manager for quant uh, so can you tell us little bit about the kind of data you collect i know you, you can't get in the specifics of it but uh, what do you do I, I with data is not the fund manager data is our support system okay data is our research analyst okay so data is improves your productivity your efficiency or your outcomes okay or ability to identifying winning trades quickly so definitely it enhances our efficiency there is no debate on that but ultimately at quan mutual fund all the decisions are taken by money managers only yes predictive analytics models our data analytics team okay uh, so we have scientists working for us or geologists working for us you know or mathematicians working for us so we have a team of people who quantify these thing what is very important to understand globally okay money managements are best done by individuals not by institutions okay that's the point number 1 if you look at the any larger names we're talking about jim simons or warren buffett or any name on the portfolio management side there are individuals who have built these platforms second scientists and mathematicians are more successful in this space as compared to chartered accountant and management graduates okay i am not criticizing them i am also part of that thing but what is giving you perspective because mathematically decoding is very important okay and that's the way where we spend money on these things so we subscribe lot of data global macro data like in india bse nse bhau copy comes free of course globally nothing comes free of course i'm saying even this nse or if you want to subscribe a nasdaq data or all the lme data or or any even us market data forget the uh, macro data okay or shadow banking data you look at nothing is of course free so we subscribe 
as much data as much we can afford it's not like we can still afford everything because data is very expensive but the edge you give get is very different okay so first of all you rely on data they are coming from primary source lot of people deny rely on the data which coming from secondary source because they don't subscribe secondary source data can be planted data that's number one secondary source data can be delayed data it can be delayed by few months or good few quarters or maybe few weeks okay you might thinking that something on the leading newspaper has published on the front page okay and quoting these data and say this is the latest data but that might be old data or they or they might could have taken from organization like us okay so it's a uh, a data you have to spend money on that so that's a mindset is required uh, to subscribe this data and uh, uh, so we have built some edge on these things so you can think of possible data we subscribe you know it's very difficult to pinpoint individual names and not be fair because we signed some amount of agreement with some of these uh, vendors um Sandeep, just for uh, the understanding of our viewers, can you take one example of how you use maybe the crypto data or the weather data? So these are not things that you cannot buy weather, right? And of course, you you cannot buy crypto in your mutual fund. But somehow you incorporate all this uh, not so related data for selecting stocks. So I mean, how does weather pattern help you identify stocks? Okay, so like. crypto okay let me give you a small example you know how the interest rates came in let's say way back in 1970s onwards in us you know when yield started you know there were no 10 years 20 years 30 years or 40 years yield or 2 years or 1 year yield it was just a yield it was called over a period of time from 1930 onwards the 10 years came 30 years started coming 1950 60 onwards this 2 years and 5 years also started evolving okay so people were looking at the risk appetite data based on the yields they will say the interest rates are hardening or you know uh, is, is changing so that make then the spread came you know that you said 10 minus 2 or 10 minus 5 the spread game came into picture similarly that is representation of some sort of risk appetite then you come to the market like junk bond index came you know in 80s or 90s the junk bond index came you know the people started tracking the risk appetite through junk bond index when they spike you know to showcase the risk appetite so we live in a dynamic world from 2012 onwards this crypto came so crypto is a very interesting thing it's a risk appetite indicator for us for a young generation okay it's not like to be said all the time it will going to work it perfectly but if the when the liquidity in the crypto space or the bitcoin space or if you have to look at the entire dlt framework in that space you know uh, when activities are it's a very nice risk appetite indicator which we use uh, to to gauge the youngster risk appetite okay so similarly maybe down the line 5 years something new will come okay these are standard one but at our end also we have created our own proprietary knowledge on lot many data points okay where we try to capture these data and try to see how we capture this risk appetite how we capture this liquidity how we build this perception analytics or how we build this volatility analytics okay or money flow analytics so it's a combination which we also build over a period of time so it's a it's a interesting space the way we look at or read data is a way and again it comes with experience you know it's not something uh, uh, but what is very important and mindset is required you know because majority people industry don't think these are useful things yeah so uh, i think that's uh, that was very helpful sandeep and now we're coming to the end of our episode 
but sandeep before uh leaving on uh leaving off uh, you have a very nice labrador right in your office and he keeps on coming to the your investment room where the bloomberg terminal and everything so have you learned taken any investment lessons from your dog <laughs> so i always tell my team members because uh, her name is zenia so she is she is now nearly 9 and a half years old okay and she is with me in all the discussion all the meeting for more than 9 years now so i always tell them she is absorbing lot many things and obviously dogs you know have limited age of 15 years maximum they survive you know so i always tell my team in next uh, in your next birth she might be your boss because she absorbing lot many things okay and you might all of us might have to report to her okay so she is silent observer and good thing about learn is dog is a obviously they are the biggest stress buster so if you are stressful the markets are tiring it's not easy okay to manage this volatility on regular basis so this is a match t20 match uh, most of the managers plays on daily basis so it's a good she is a very good stress buster and what is very important you know she is very calm most of the time okay so something which you have learned as a investor or as a trader or uh, as a money manager you know or any businessman that calmness is needed because in a very volatile environment the calmness is very important art and i have seen lot of people get very uh, agitated irritated or sometimes extraordinary excitement also okay so i think that is a learning from her okay, that you sh- should be very calm very peaceful you know and very relaxed mood so that really help us in changing our mood most of the time and that is so true i mean that dog is really silent never barks and very obedient also so yeah sandeep thanks for coming to the show and hope you come back to the show again thank you so much definitely yeah, yeah. thanks for inviting us all the best see you guys bye yeah thank you thank you sandeep that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic then you can reach out to me on twitter i go by the username at the red session nj or linkedin using my full name that is session ningthao kongjam we would be happy to take your suggestions that's all from our side thanks for tuning in see you in the next episode this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast